You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Once we see a weekly close above 1850, I think that's that's when gold will start to be off to the races again. Welcome back. I'm Bill Powers. It's Mining Stock Education, and I'm joined with my friend, David Earthley of JuniorMinerJunkie.com. David writes one of the top newsletters in the junior mining world. If you're not familiar with it, head on over to his website, sign up for his free email as well to get his commentary on what's going on in the gold and mining space. David, welcome back onto the program. Looking like we're having a pop in gold and silver in the miners right now. Uh, please start off by providing your commentary of what's going on in the precious metals. Yeah, Bill, it's starting to get interesting again. Uh, thanks again for having me on. It's always always great to talk to you. You always ask me the best questions, so I'm I'm always uh, glad to to speak with you. But yeah, it's uh, it's really starting to get interesting. It's it's amazing. This you know I've been in this sector for two decades now. You know, I'm surprised my hair is not white, but um, <laughs> um, the last day of the quarter, you know, I was building up cash along with a lot of people um, into the last day of the quarter. You know, I was watching the gold price go lower and I'm saying to myself, wow, they're doing everything in there, in the, you know, that they can to get that gold price back down to that 1675 area. And it sure looks like it's going to take place. And then the very last day of the quarter, we had a huge reversal. Came out of nowhere. We had everybody and his brother, you know, on the in, on the bearish side of the boat, including myself. Um, and um, the gold price got back over seventeen fifty on a weekly, monthly, and quarterly basis that week. And the gold price has been going up ever since. Well, it's it's basically traded in a in in a range ever since a tighter range, but it's it's going up. And uh, it's past eighteen hundred now, and it's. But what was especially telling was that is the day that the gold miners and silver began to lead. And um, when that takes place, you know, especially after such a deeply oversold situation, you know, you start you start to take notice. And um, we had, you know, we had um, uh, the bear camp was was extremely you know huge at, at, at that time, and you couldn't find a lot of bulls. And, you know, I started to deploy my 25% cash position. And I told my subscribers, look, this is this is as black bearish as it can get, I think, here. And this is a great time to start scaling into some of these things on our watch list. Um, but, um, you know, also something happened uh, this past Friday when we had uh, Jerome Powell speaking on this virtual conference, the, the, the sound was really, sound quality was really bad, but it was the last time he was able to speak before the blackout period starts until the next FOMC meeting on uh, November 2nd and 3rd. And he basically said, hey, look, okay, inflation's not transitory. <laughs> okay. It's, it, it, these, these bottlenecks are going to continue. You know, the supply issues are going to continue. So basically, you know, it's going on, it's going to go on for a lot longer than we expect. And, you know, of course, you know, every, everybody in, in our sector pretty much knew that, but he'd done a great job of convincing the marketplace that inflation was transitory. You know, we're going to raise rates, look at the stock market. It's still really doing well. All's good. So basically, you don't need to hold any gold and sell your mining shares. <laughs> but um, yeah, ever but ever since and then ever since Friday now, you know the the, the gold price has has gotten a back above eighteen hundred, and there's really strong resistance at that eighteen thirty five, eighteen forty level. And I think once it gets above there, 
then you're going to see the gold price start to break out. And the catalyst could be um, the actual taper announcement on November 3rd, because it's it's all baked into the cake now. It's all priced in. You know, they they've they started talking about tapering in, in June. And that was the time where everybody, okay, everybody in the in the in the in the uh, precious metals mining complex said, you know what? I'm selling my shares for tax loss now because um, I'm down on these things. My timing was wrong. I'm going to go ahead and sell for tax loss now, and then I'll get into them later when I can get a, a, a better price and I can take the money and put it into the stock market because it's continuing to to go higher. So that's pretty much what happened. And I think a lot of the tax loss selling is done now. You know, we usually have this tax loss selling event in in uh, late November, December. And I think that's pretty much all done now. You know, we're short-term overbought now uh, in the mining sector, and we could see some sideways to, to downward pressure now, some profit taking coming in. But, you know, I'm pretty sure that we've seen the lows now in not only the gold price, but in the mining sector as well. When you see a major low, like we saw in March of 2020, or we saw in January of 16, can you identify the, that low within 30 days based on your experience? <laughs> it's really difficult in this sector, but, you know, we could take a look at, at, at history, you know, as far as, you know, uh, interest rates are concerned, because what happened with the low in 2015 in early 20, the mining low happened in the second week of 2016, but the gold price hit its low in December of 2015. And what also took place in December of 2015 was the Fed finally raising rates after, you know, after threatening the market, they're going to raise rates, they're going to raise rates, they're going to raise rates. And once that takes place, it's basically the Fed admitting that there's, there's inflation and it's by the news event and the gold price really starts to move up then. I mean, um, look what happened in uh, the mid-2000s um, the, when the Fed raises the Fed funds rate to 1% to 5.25%, the gold price doubled. Um, but look what happened in the 70s when we had stagflation, and we're starting to see a, a lot of stagflation right now. Um, Arthur Burns was saying the same thing, the, the Fed chairman at that time. He was saying, you know, inflation's transitory, you know, um, it's it, it's not going to remain high. And that's when they started to do these hedonic adjustments in the CPI, you know, switching things out, you know, taking things off the list to, to, to try to mask the inflation because it's all about confidence. It's a confidence game, right? You know, when you get a fiat currency, it's a confidence game. So, and that's another reason why I think the gold price is about to take off here because nobody's really talking about um, the marketplace losing, losing faith in the Federal Reserve. Because, you know, they've basically lost faith in the, in, in the Fed saying that, that inflation is transitory and it's, it's going to come back down. I mean, he kept saying that, yeah, it's going it's, it's to come back down to our 2, 2%, 2.5% target. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, everybody. And, and, and at the same time, you had the sword of Damocles of the rate hikes coming and the taper coming, hanging over the gold price. So technically, it's, it's come down and it's tightened now in this consolidation triangle. And like I said, the last day of the quarter, it remained in that triangle. You know, you know gold does everything in its, in its power to get everybody off the bull before it takes off again. And um, it did a really good job of that again uh, last quarter. So um, I think that, you know, that that symmetrical triangle is, is squeezing now. 
And once we see a weekly close above 1850, I think that's, that's when gold will start to be off to the races again. Silver One Resources is an exploration and development company backed by strategic investors Eric Sprott and SSR Mining. At Silver One's Candelaria Mine Project in Nevada, there is already a historic resource estimated at 127 million ounces of silver, which Silver One is developing and advancing. The company's Phoenix Silver Project, located within the Arizona Silver Belt, is an early-stage exploration project on which native silver vein fragments have been discovered near surface. One grab sample assayed an astounding 14,688 ounces per ton. Yes, that's right, ounces, not grams. Silver One has tremendous exploration potential, is extremely leveraged to the price of silver, and is cashed up and poised to increase shareholder value. Silver One trades in New York under the ticker SLVRF and in Toronto under the ticker SVE. To learn more, go to silverone.com. That's silverone.com. Even with interest rates, you know, we see gold and interest rates going up historically at the same time, don't we? Even if they exactly. raise it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, it, you know, I brought up uh, 2015. What happened in 2015 was, you know, that was the the end of a brutal, brutal bear market in the mining stocks. You know, I mean, what the GDX went down 85 percent, like three years. So but once the, 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 the miners actually bottomed in July and then. They made an accumulative flat bottom, right? Six months before the Fed actually announced a rate hike. So now I think it, the same thing has a chance to happen here where they're going to make an accumulative bottom before the Fed actually does a rate hike, even if they can, because the market is priced in a 50% chance of a rate hike starting in June of next year now. And that's on the CME Fed watch tool, it's going up bit by bit. So like I said, I think that actual the actual taper, the physical taper, might be a buy the news event. It could get the gold price up to that 1840, 1850 level. But what's going to be the catalyst to break it out? And I think I think it's it, it, it's if we have we look at the stock market, it may have double topped here. The Dow and the S P and the Nasdaq, you know, they may have double topped here. I don't know, you know, any maybe the you know the marketplace is littered with people trying to call tops in this thing you know it's it's bankrupted hedge funds trying to short it for the past few years but um i think that there's a real chance of that because once they start tapering that's monetary policy starting to taper you know that's a psychological thing starting to tighten monetary policy starting to tighten which which the market needs right now it, it needs that 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 uh that uh qe so um, it's going to be interesting to see what, how the market reacts because I'm pretty, pretty sure the, the taper is priced in. So we'll, we'll see, not next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after um, uh, on uh, whether, whether they're, they're actually A, going to taper and what the language is going to be when they do taper and what the market reaction is going to be. I think uh, it could cause a lot of selling in the stock market. And I'm sorry, I got to add one more caveat. I know this is a long-winded answer, but... Um, the Fed has also announced they're going to be raising tax. I mean, the, the government, you know, the Biden administration, they're going to be raising taxes next year. So you could see a lot of you could see a lot of profit taking toward the end of the year. 
You Dave, know, you know, on that, when they're talking about uh, taxing us on our unrealized gains. Exactly. Oh, wait, of course, it's just the billionaires to for, to start off with, but that's what they told us about the income uh, tax too, right? Like, it's just the rich people. That's what, they told, that's what the Fed told us about the income tax, in two, you know, when, when they initiated it back in the early 1900s. Yes. So, <laughs> so can you, you, know, can, can, you I mean, pay, can you and I pay tax on our unrealized gains with our unrealized income? That's what right. I want to know. Because if yeah. I can, I'm fine. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, why do we have to, why do you, why do you think that raising taxes is going to help anyway? I mean, it's, you know, it, it hasn't in the past. I mean, the country was formed on people running away from paying too much tax and you're just printing up the money anyway. So why, why can't you just print up a little more? Why do, you need, why do you need to squeeze us so much? But uh, anyway, that's, that's, that, that's another story for a different time and a big reason why we're in this sector. But I think you're going to see a lot of smiling faces finally in this sector, you know, in, in the next three to six months. Well, you have some large unrealized gains in one of your little junior miners that you bought and wrote up about two weeks ago. If, if you wouldn't mind just sharing that with listeners, just for, for educational purposes, why did you, you know, choose this one? And then why has it skyrocketed 90% in two weeks? Oh, sure. I think that the, the stock you're talking about is Bear Creek Mining. It's, uh, you know, it, I, I, first of all, I'm, I have a very intimate relationship with this stock. You know, I've been in and out of it for the past 15 years or so. And um, it's, it ticks all the boxes, is what you want to see in a developer. Um, but it's in Peru, see, and, um, you know, we've had this Peruvian situation, this, this uh, political situation where Pedro Castillo is very, very far left. And, he, and you know, he was he was um, uh, pretty much uh, touting all these, you know, socialistic uh, things that he was going to do and to get elected. But he, you know, he understands that, that, that you know, he can't squeeze these these companies too much because, um, it'll just, it'll just force them out of the country. So, you know, Bear Creek has this project, this Karani project, which is, you know, one of the largest, um, undeveloped silver projects in the world. It's got a huge zinc credit. Now zinc's over a dollar 60 pound and, um, it's, it's, it's shovel ready. They're just waiting to get it funded. And, um, they've also had, you know, these COVID restrictions, they haven't had anybody to come to, they haven't been able to have uh, these bankers and such come out in the property and, and sign off on a, on a loan. So you've had that along with the political backdrop took the share price down to a ridiculous level to where all this was pretty much priced into the stock. And um, I watched it come down to where it was trading in of it, at its March, 2020 panic low. Right. And it, and I, and I saw a, a double, a, a double bottom on, on the stock, uh, from back then, and also two weekly hammers on on the stock, and I was I, I talked to the company, and they were buying shares too. Management was buying shares. It's got a really tight share structure, so you know it, you got a junior that was ridiculously oversold. You got a situation that is that's getting better in Peru, where they realize you know that they've they, they've got they've got to lighten up on their on their uh, on their rhetoric to to to, to get this to get the money into the coffers to actually help the people um so they can't squeeze too much so the political situation has gotten a little better there you know earlier stage maybe not you know consultant previews are still going to be difficult to obtain quickly but as far as uh, a a project like karani which is shovel ready and all it needs is the financing 
now that and, and fortunate for me, they came out and and and, and uh, Castillo came out and made an announcement they, that they support the project. You know, right after I I, I issued the, the buy. So there's forty so, percent of your ninety percent move, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it ran up to you know it ran up from ninety two cents to uh, resistance at two dollars in, in a couple of months. It's up like eighty percent in October. A couple of so, weeks though. It was a couple of weeks, Dave, not months, yeah, right? It yeah. was. It yeah. was a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it, it was it was fortunate that I, that I got in at the right time. It was fortunate that I'm very familiar with the stock. And I, I was watching it like a hawk. Um, but, you know, that's that, that that's what I do. And, you know, that's that's what I that's what I love to do. I watch these companies and I know that I know them very well. I've been in and out of them in the past. Some of them maybe that I haven't been in yet, but I've I have great dialogue with management. I keep up to date with what's going on. So I usually have a pretty good idea of when to get into them. And I've had I've got into a couple others that have, that have gone up quite a bit, too. So. Um, it's starting to get exciting again, like I said. So, uh, this is, you know, this is, this is a great time to, to be in this sector. If you're, if you're not, and if you have a bunch of cash on the sidelines waiting to, to, to deploy, this is a great time to do it. And that's an excellent example of what you've taught your subscribers and also my listeners over the last two years, where you said, prepare your list in advance for those sell-offs. Oh, yeah. And then you just monitor those key stocks that, you know, have good people at the helm, good fundamentals. You have historical understanding of how the stock reacts and you get in at the entry point and you make 90% in two weeks. And, you know, that, that, that well, covers- you know, it's gone up 90%. I haven't made it until right. I sell. Well, so. <laughs> Washington, D.C. says you made it. They're going to send you a tax bill. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I mean, that this thing, this sector turns around on a dime, especially when it's yeah. so deeply oversold and out of favor. You know, nobody cared about gold stocks three weeks ago. Yeah. That's exactly it. Uh, M&A. So there's been some M&A recently. Uh, you've also been affected with this in your portfolio. Uh, is, is this a good sign for the sector? Yes, very good. You know, it's this morning, uh, Calibre Mining, which is in my top 10, um, announced that they'll be taking over. It's a, it's, it's a friendly acquisition. You know, both boards approve. Uh, Fiore Mining, which was on my watch list. I was waiting for a better entry point on that one. It never came. Um, and I told my subscribers, you know, sure, it would have been nicer to be a Fiore shareholder, but I, I, I still approve the merger. It's a great deal. You know, it diversifies their jurisdiction because they're in Nicaragua, you know, and and there's there's a little worry there as, as, as far as the political situation is concerned. But, you know, the, the, the mines that they obtained from B2 Gold was a company maker made made B2 Gold what it is. And there's still a lot of gold there and they're, they're doing everything they said they were going to do there. And more, it's a hub and spoke operation, and um, Fiore looked undervalued already, and they 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 pounced at the right time. They're they're getting a good price, and um, it's it, it, it's I I wouldn't be surprised if if it this this company once once I, and I think it's it's going to be approved. I think the, the 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 approval will will be at the end of the year, beginning of next year. That company will be a takeover target as well. Because it's, yeah, it's, you know, very low cost mines and um, no debt. They'll have $96 million in no debt. So um, it's a, it's a really good, uh, it's a really good deal for, for both shareholders, better for Fiore shareholders right now. But, um, you know, in the long term, it, it'll be, it'll be great for Calibre shareholders too. And I already told my subscribers, I'll be adding a little bit more to my position on this weakness. I think it might get a little weaker here. 
Did you like the Agnico Eagle Kirkland Lake deal as well? Oh, yes. That was a fantastic deal too. I mean, it created the third largest um, miner in the world and lowest cost. They're all in great jurisdictions. This is the goal. If, if, you know, if, you know, I don't invest in majors, but if someone held a gun to my head and said you had to buy a major, it would be Agnico. I mean, they've got what, 2.3 billion uh, on the cash on the books, 48 million ounces in the ground in, in top tier jurisdictions. Great management, um, low cost mines. Yeah, I mean it ticks all the boxes, and they pay a dividend of almost three percent. Yeah, not bad. Uh, valuing de- developers, Dave. You mentioned the inflationary environment we're in. Uh, last question: How does that affect how you analyze developers? You bought a developer in Bear Creek, right? Because they still need to do their financing. And I guess oh, yeah. you, you could answer it by sharing how you're going to play this one because they could dilute with their equity and debt package, you know, in a month and the stock could be dead for two years. Like what's your advice with investing in developers? Oh, it's, you know, they've already told, they've already said that the dilution's not going to be that much. They've already got 30 million. It's going to cost 525 million to build the mine. Uh, the, the, uh, equity they said is probably going to be about only 10 to 15%. Um, they could they could stream some of the some of the zinc, um, and uh, as far as the as far as well cost projections, you gotta have to th- throw that cost projection out right. though the capex. Oh, yeah. I mean, pretty much. I, I mean, you know, all these all these uh, feasibility studies that were done recently. I mean, not recently, the ones that were done a year or so ago. I mean, throw them out the window. I mean, everything's gone up so much. You know, the steel has gone up so much. I mean, everything, everything that is incorporated in in a study, as far as CapEx is concerned, has gone up so much. But I expect the gold price will will make up for for a lot of those costs, you know. And and you also have to consider that AIS, you know, all-in cost of production average only has gone up from like 1040 in Q2 to 10 in Q1 to 1067, I think, in Q2. It's going to go a lot more in, in Q3, I think. But still... Even if it gets up to eleven hundred, that's still seven hundred dollars less than the gold price. So but they still you know, need to raise the capex, though. That's going to yes. be a bigger hurdle. Oh, yeah. though. capex will have to be raised. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And um, you know, the markets are going to. The capital markets have remained accommodative for the good projects. But if interest rates are going up, inflation, higher capex. I guess I'm saying it's. It could just be careful with developers, oh, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely be careful. I mean, you always have to be careful anyway, but you know, this is where management, you know, again, comes into play. Make sure these guys got access to capital and they've done this before. They know how to, they know how to build mines. They've done it successfully before. And, you know, cause a lot of these projects, you know, uh, that the projects look fantastic, but you look at the CEO and he's he's maybe uh, a geo, and he doesn't have any mind building experience or something. You know, I mean, you, you got to look at the experience uh, of, of management, and if they if they, especially if they understand, look, they might say, look, yes, we understand that we're not mind builders, and um, so we know we have to once we get to the to to the uh, feasibility stage, we're going to have to start hiring mind builders that know what they're doing. Um. Because, you know, I mean, you, you don't want to, you don't want to hire that board too soon because you're paying all these guys, you know, for nothing. You want to, you want to get them when, when they get close to that stage where they're going to start, where they're going to get close to construction or, you know, get close to a mine plan. 
but um, yeah, I mean, because look at these miners. I mean, they're they're trading at five times cash flow, you know. And in the pad, Joe Foster just did a great webinar. Uh, uh, you know, fund manager at Van Eck just got a great webinar. He put up a chart of whenever the the gold stocks get to five times cash flow, that's when we see a bottom. We've seen it a few times during this phase two run up that started in uh, you know in early 2016, and they got, you know, they actually got up to 20 times cash flow during the last bull market. They averaged about 15 times cash flow in 2010, 2011. And is that the majors he's referring to? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the majors and the mid-tiers, the minors. Yeah. So there's another sign. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many of them. Well, yeah. I hope we're right. I hope uh, we're right for the sake of my portfolio and a lot of listeners, Dave. Uh, always yeah. appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for your insights. And uh, if you don't know, or haven't been to David's website again, juniorminerjunkiewithay.com. Thanks for joining me, Dave. Thank you, Bill. Always great to talk to you. And good luck out there for to all your listeners uh, with your with your watch list that are hopefully you've you've, you've cobbled together waiting for this for, for this time because this is this is the time to start uh, to start really sharpening the pencils and getting into the right ones because you know one by one you're starting to, to see them take off. You know they don't they don't all bottom at once. One by one they take off. Best of luck to everybody. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks concomitant with that if you don't do the work or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too i just started to study up on mining stocks and i just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly the mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. 
If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.